Dip that bitch. Welcome back to the feed. Two-piece feed. Special guest again, two weeks in a row. My little cousin, not little. One year difference. Nine months, I think. Yeah. Still little. Yeah. Uh, My little cousin, Zachy Moon. Zach. A.K.A. Snot Rag. Snot Rag. (laughs) Snot Rag in the house. Snot Rag's here down from, uh, over from Melbourne. Originally from Bundaberg. Hmm? You, uh, you shook a cane licking mother. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Gone hard early on him. <laughs> nah, joking. Nah, good. Uh, probably, we're probably the closest cousins out of everyone. Yeah, well, age-wise, yeah. my sister, you and myself are the three youngest cousins from the Hutching side of the family. Yeah. And then everyone else was like quite a bit older. But we didn't grow up together. No. But it feels like we have, sort of. Yeah, we used to speak on MSN all the time. Yeah, Emerson. Oh, Kale used to, Jesse, I don't know if you know this, but Kale used to add my girlfriends that I had in high school on MSN and, and chat to them and make sure they were treating me right. Mm. A good, oh, yeah. Good older cousin. Yeah. You transitioned to doing that on Facebook for me. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't add to anyone now. Yeah. They all add me. But yeah, he's a popular man. He is. He's got, what, 1,400 friends on Facebook? Do you actually? No, uh, it's 1,700 and, no, 1,072 or something. Oh. Yeah, but. Hang on, no. Let's let's just fucking wind back here because <laughs> half your fucking work has just added me on Facebook. They have. So um, I am not doing shit. No. I added a couple of people that like we go for walks with. That's mm. fine. Yeah. Never met people before adding me. So that's the price of fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, he's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So what's our what's our Jim's uh, de- car detailing wrap of the week? Well. We only uh, rolled in a podcast four days ago. Yeah, and we have no football this weekend. No, so none we both of have the bye. But you were talking about, because you little fucking Brisbane Lions. Yep, beat St. Kilda. Yeah, Brisbane Lions. Beat St. Kilda. Well, so Kale was telling me, I didn't know. So his dad, my uncle Jeff, is a St. Kilda fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not allowed to bring that up tonight. The win we had over them last night. Mm. I would. I would definitely bring that up. Oh, you're on a right hook to the fucking <laughs> the chin. Yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy Fagan, get around him. <laughs> yeah, lovely, uh, good stuff. Nah, I um, yeah, I got to meet my niece for the first time on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, pretty special. So, um, yeah, just a little bundle of joy, and it's pretty cool. And then this morning, obviously, birthday recording on birthday birthday podcast. Ooh, birthday cake, birthday podcast. Yeah, so I woke up this morning to a very excited wife and who was just handing me, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. had some brekkie. Why weren't you that excited for your own birthday? Oh, because I'm t- <laughs> 30, <laughs> you know. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Maybe. It's all... Uh, a slow it's decline. All, it's all walking frames and fucking Adderall. <laughs> 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 nah, Panadine fork. <laughs> bit of codeine, bit of endone. Uh, a bit of endone, yeah. What about you, Jess? Uh, yeah, well, I haven't done too much since, but just got the flooring installed. So Harlow's already decorated the floor. She had diarrhea last night. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, straight <laughs> off. Just christened it. Second, second night of the new floor. Straight into it. She ate a cake? Yeah, she had a cake. Nice. Yeah, she had a whole chocolate mud cake. Pulled it off the top of the fridge and just ate it. Yeah. Lovely. That's good Good stuff. The fact that she, you know, could have died 
I was going to say, people say that chocolate is toxic for dogs. Yeah. But you hear so many stories yeah. of like dogs getting into the chocolate and being If fine. it's milk chocolate, it's a little bit better than dark. Mm. If it's dark chocolate, you, you might as well just take them to the vet Louis, before you give them the chocolate. Louis nearly ate your palmy the other night because you left it on the table. Yeah, he had a few chips, <laughs> but no palmy. Right. Jesse came over for uh, Origin. Yeah. yeah, there's only two states you want to be in, drunk and Queensland. Yeah, <laughs> Queenslander. Except I go for New South Wales. Yeah. So. Don't get it. Well, it's because I'm a Rabbitoh supporter. I also don't get that. Well, big, it's big that's rusty. because my brother-in-law goes for the Rabbitohs. And then so when I was choosing a team, I was just like, oh, I'll just go for Matt's team. Yeah, but you're fucked with all your sports teams. <laughs> Why do you support Carlton when you're from Adelaide? And we most because I went to I went fans. to a game when I was five with our auntie K. Yeah, and I was in Crow's gear, and we got absolutely fucked. So <laughs> I decided I'd become a Carlton supporter. I have been ever since. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Um, Mark Murphy number three. three. Mark Murphy number three. Um, I go for the Nashville Predators in the hockey. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. New New game. Orleans Saints in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Oh, Miami Heat in basketball. How uh, we beat you in the finals. I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. Yeah, so is Oddie. And then uh, who's your college football? Tennessee Volunteers. Go Vols. Go Vols. Is that Who, you who's like? your team, Jesse? Oh, yeah. Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Roll Tide. Alabama Roll what? Tide. Alabama Crimson Tide. Going down back road. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee Barney. <laughs> uh, anyway. My dick. Zach, Zach's given me shit all morning about fucking country music, so we won't uh, go there. Yeah, he needs to get some taste. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Big Zach. Yeah. Yeah. How's your week been? Good. Just working, you know, living the. It, well, it's pretty fucking cold in Melbourne. Mm. I mean, I know it's cold here too, but big cold snap. Mm hmm. Been hard to sleep because it's been so cold, and I haven't put flannelette sheets on the bed yet. Oh no, flannies! Oh, uh, I have them, and I've just been too lazy. Are you eighty? Eighty? Do 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 <laughs> you um do you sleep with uh, one foot out of the bed, or do you sleep with? Shout out to our group chat. Yeah, shout out to the walkies. The walkies group. Walkies chat. chat. Uh, what are you rolling with? Yeah, I think I have. I sleep on my left side, oh. so I put my left foot out. And then sort of like wrap it then under my right foot and sort of like make a little cocoon out of my blanket. Give I also have like six pillows. Oh, oh yeah, it's my, I call it my pillow kingdom. I'm a I'm, I'm a cocoon. Uh, cocoon. <laughs> You're a cocoon. <laughs> I'm a cocoon with fan on. So okay, is this a Hutchings thing? Because I always put the fan on even if it's winter. Your kale yeah. needs to, otherwise it gets too hot. Yeah. Oh, for me it's the sound. Oh really? Oh, yeah. You like the noise. But I do I do like the like the fan circulating the air just for Do you then rest. sleep with the window open? No, definitely not. Oh. Uh we we do that in winter at the moment, but um because Megan doesn't like the fan on, but so we just open the window a little bit so it's sort of like and it's next to my side of the bed so I cop it, which is like the like the wind and the cold. True. But do you, are you like fully clothed and then you get hot? No, 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 I'm in my jocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you still get hot. Yeah. In in hospital, um, when I was in recovery, I had to ask to put the fan on because I was like sweating 
but everyone else was like freezing and I was just like, I am sweating. And they were like, oh, maybe his temperatures just up. And then like Megan had to explain like, no, no, like he just like sweats and like it just gets hot. Sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> now, so Kale, Kale's my minger of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled in. So, boom. Grew up in Bundy. Yep. What was that like? You know what? I loved growing up in Bundy. Mm-hmm. Small town vibe was fun. Uh, it's beachside town. If people don't know where Bundy is, it's like four hours north of Brisbane. Yep. So still like southeast Queensland. So not up in... Bob Catter territory yet. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's everyone's entitled to their sexual com- proclivities or whatever you say. Proclivities, yeah. But yeah. um, I ain't spending any time on it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good quote. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great to grow up there, but I'm glad that I left as soon as I graduated high school. Yeah. So you came, you came, you went to Brisbane to do uni. Yeah, because it's the closest, like yeah. big. And then you came down to the big smoke. Yeah, I mean, I lived in Brisbane for like seven years, and then moved to Melbourne in like twenty seventeen or eighteen or something like and that. And you lived with your sister, and then you lived with my sister for a little bit. Yeah, well, I lived with my sister for like a year and a half um, in Brisbane, like my first year and a half there. And then, yeah, your sister was staying with us when she was doing a bit of work in Brisbane. Yep, for a few months. And that was fun. that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> good food, good food in the house when your sister and my sister were cooking. Mm, would have been. They're good cooks, both of them. Lauren's good baker. Yeah. yeah. They didn't They didn't like my spaghetti tacos. That was my uni recipe. Just tin spaghetti, yeah, taco I, shells. I literally cheese. can't picture my sister wow. eating spaghetti tacos. <laughs> you just chuck Heinz 400 gram spaghetti into a taco shell. Yeah, well, you microwave it first, but yeah. Oh, you do microwave it. Yeah, so hot... <laughs> Spaghetti, obviously, from, like, the tin. Mm. Don't microwave the tin, kids. Um, that uh, won't end well. No. <laughs> but then, yeah, and then you sort of warm up the tacos as well in the microwave or the oven if you want, and then a bit of cheese on, mozzarella cheese on top, and that's that's a cheap uni meal. Is yeah. that what they came home one night for dinner? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have cooked it for, like, anyone that stayed at my place around that time. Jesus I was God. like, well, I was, I was 18, and my metabolism was still good, so I could... I just could do that. Download it you want. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. It was that and pasta bake. That was like the two things I made. What are you classifying as pasta bake? Um, One dollar dinosaur pasta from Coles. Yeah. Beef mints and the pasta bake sauce, like the Legos. Lego. Uh, Legos. And are you chucking it in the Sam oven? In the oven with burning. a layer of like grated cheese on top. That was it. I could not eat that now. I would get like acid reflux and like... Just oh yeah, feel shit all night. But yeah, that was my uni days. Yeah, what's a standard meal now? I love cooking these days. Yeah. Um, what do I make often? I make like a quite a nice like pesto pasta. Sometimes I make the sauce from scratch if I can be bothered, um, or I'll just grab a jar of sauce. But yeah, like with salmon and avocado and olives. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I do. I'm, I'm partial to cooking some sort of Asian recipe, like a, a nice seafood fried rice or something. Your dad's a big cook, though. Yeah, we're a big cooking family. Yeah, um, see, we're not. What did he think about the the spaghetti tacos? Well, I never made it for them because oh, I just knew, yeah, that they wouldn't like it. But they they always, I still get, you know, they still tease me about it. They'd be like, "Oh, remember when you made spaghetti tacos?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was a fucking brilliant idea." And it, like Jamie I, Oliver, I Jamie it. Oliver has a TV show called Four Ingredients. You could probably roll with two. 
Well, that's it. Well, three. You need the cheese. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing better than a taco night, though. Oh, there so good. Taco Tuesdays. We buy the um, we buy the mixed pack, so the hard and soft. Yes. Right? Yeah. Megan eats the hard ones, and I have the soft ones. I do prefer a soft taco. Yeah, so do I. I do. I try and risk it every time. You eat wheat bix <laughs> um, I, I haven't for ages, but I used to a lot when I was a Did kid. you stab them warm or cold? Um, I'm not a fucking psychopath, so I have them warm. Good. Oh. Reese, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? But no. do you, you do like a double heating method. No, I've only just started that since he's like, oh, I put them just in the microwave. That's what I, yeah, I would, mm. you know, put my wheat bix and then milk and then in the microwave for however long and then sugar on top and that's it. Yeah, you have to have sugar on top. Yeah. It but doesn't what, taste right without sugar. What's your... It's like a twice cooked pork belly sort of thing. It's like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, he's got the five Webbers, <laughs> it's, and then it's, he's got it's, the, uh, it's low the and wheat slow. big smoker. Yeah, <laughs> low and slow wheat big style. <laughs> nah, I heat up the milk in a mug, and then pour it onto my, and then mash it up, and then microwave. Well, now I put it into the microwave just for an extra thirty seconds, just to make sure they are hot. Yeah, because sometimes, like sometimes, you can heat up the milk. And you don't want to heat it up too much because otherwise it gets that fucking little bit of film on the top. Yeah. yeah. Like it and starts to curdle or something. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you mm. don't wanna you don't wanna put We're it too long. Territory. But then sometimes it's not warm enough when you by the time you put it in the bowl. Yes, so, okay, I get that. Yeah. But I just can't bring myself to just pouring milk on there and then putting it in the microwave. I don't know why. True. So I, I will gradually get to that. It's just, I'm, well, in, I'm in a transition phase. I like your method, though. Yeah, I feel like if it works, keep rolling. Yeah, yeah, it's know. unusual. I it's just, nice. I generally don't eat cereal anymore. I don't. I can't oh. tell you the last time I had a bowl of cereal. What are you rolling for breakfast? Nothing. I, well, so these days I fast until midday. Oh, yeah. So I I try to only eat. This is mainly on weekdays. I try to only eat between the hours of like twelve, like midday and eight p.m. And then, yeah, that's it. So. Black coffee in the morning. So after Brisbane, you moved down to Melbourne. Yes. And then um, miraculously got a job with me. Yeah. Well, so we both worked at Crown together. I was I was Zach's boss. Yeah, you were, true, technically. Um, so I had to make sure I had no favouritism. Yeah, we got banned from going on lunch breaks together. Yeah, we weren't allowed to go on lunch together. From the beginning or just in general? Probably like a month after we Zach started. So I was there for a good, like, what, five years before you got yeah. there. And, um, yeah, we got banned from going on lunch. Oh. But we used to hit the buffet hard because Crown had a, a staff buffet called IDs and you used to swipe your ID card because that's why it's called IDs. You swipe your ID card to get in. And we used to hit that hard. Suvlaki night. Yeah, they made a good butter chicken. Made a good butter chicken. Thai green chicken curry would always give you the shits. Always. Always. But then we used to finish off with <laughs> red jelly. Oh God. <laughs> and chocolate mousse on top. Oh, that's a good combination. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It's kind of like um, trifle. It's like a similar sort of yeah. thing. But it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Red jelly, yeah. chocolate mousse. We used to hammer that shit. And then they sometimes, like the hazelnut one was the same colour as the chocolate one. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, chocolate mousse. And then it'd be like, ah, oh, no, it's hazelnut. Fuck. People used to hate working with Kale and I 
if we were on shift together and morning shifts. Yeah. So we'd start at like 7 a.m. at the hotel. 7 till 3. 7 till 3. But we had the same bowel movements. We'd have our, we'd get in, we'd do our whatever stupid meeting we used to do for like five minutes. Morning briefing. Shifts, morning briefing. And then we'd get a coffee mm-hmm. and we'd stand at the desk and drink our coffees. And then at the same time, we'd both need to go to the toilet. <laughs> And so whoever unlucky sod was um, r- rostered on with us on the 7 a.m. shift was at the desk by themselves for a good 20 minutes while Kale and I were... And I'm talking about, like, we start at 7. We're, this is, like, 7.25. <laughs> Peak time for people to leave the hotel. Mm. People need their cars. Yeah. People need bags to come down. <laughs> people need taxis. And, and Zach and I are just fucking having a shit. You're just rocking two cubicles. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think coffee just runs through us. I think. Yeah, ah, that's um, a good sign to uh, get checked, gods. Yes, very good sign. Just back on the food chat. Have you had one of Kale's famous sandwiches that he had a uh, for so many years growing up? I don't no. think so. No, because that's a different side of the family. Oh. Are you talking about my Promite and Marmalade? Yeah. What? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. You need, to, you need to explain. Okay, so on my mum's side of the family, my pa, my nana and pa, we used to have two delicacies. We used to have bread with promite on it and then put a bit of marmalade on top. So you get the salt and you get the sweet at the same time. And then dessert was bread with jam and then cream on top. That one makes sense. I, I understand the salty and then the sweet, but... Promite over Vegemite is rude. Nah, but like Vegemite and marmalade won't work. Right. So you need to have Promite. It's a bit bit more nicer mm. on the on the yeah. I would say try it before you knock it because True. Yeah, I'm not people, a big marmalade jam sort of person. So Yeah, Megan doesn't like jam either. Oh she doesn't like jam at all. Yeah, Love I don't jam. like jam at all. Love jam. Or honey. She doesn't like honey either. Mm. Mm. I like honey. I like honey. Mm. Honey's good. good. Yeah, very good. What's your favourite crown story? Um, there's a few. I'm not going to name people in this because... I think you should. No. no. <laughs> oh, fuck um, if, if they listen to the pod, they'll know who they are. Um, we used to have the Australian Open tennis players come in and stay with us. In yes, January. we did. Um, actually, we've met some really cool... Like famous people, yeah. Um, Have you ever met? You didn't meet Beyonce. No, I didn't. Mm. I did. Wow, that's the fam- most famous one I've met. True. We used. To, I remember we used to check the because we could check the list of like anyone staying in any of the Crown properties. VIP twos. Yeah, the VIP twos, and you'd see some wild names of people coming to stay. Mm-hmm. But the the funniest story I have was during Australian Open one year. Um, we used to have the lovely Petra Kavitova stay with us every year. She, she was, was always, she was good. She was always a great um, guest to have at the hotel. Her and her trainers were like the loveliest people. But she had just played. I don't know if it was a semi final or something, and she'd lost the game. Oh, it was the final. It wasn't the final. Yeah, yeah. That year, yeah, yeah. Um, so that game had just happened, and she just lost, and she'd come back to the hotel. And one of the doormen who was like out the front greeting guests as they were coming into the hotel 
hadn't seen the game and just assumed that she'd won it. And I don't know why he Because she this. had the trophy. She had the, the runner-up trophy with her. Yes. I remember because we were on shift together. It was me, you, and that person. Yeah, yes. And so he just assumed that she'd won the, the final, the Australian Open. And as she walked past him, he was just like, oh, congrats on the win. And because she'd obviously lost, the way she took it was she thought that he was being like facetious, like being really sarcastic and like having a dig at her, which obviously he wasn't, but he was being a bit of a fucking idiot. He can come across like that way though. Yes, yeah. Um, And it just, it did not land well. And it was like this whole thing. And But we couldn't help but laugh because we thought it was the funniest thing. Like imagine saying that to someone who's just lost Australian Open, like, oh, nice win. <laughs> there's a there's a story that raised someone, and I think you were there. I think I, I'm pretty sure you were. But do you remember John, old John? Yeah, yeah, the crazy guy. Oh, you can say his name because he's never going to listen to this podcast. But we had this like we had this dude right, and he'd be like, he was just like one of those old bus drivers. He was an old bus driver, right? So he was like, he was a bit of a character. And he'd be like, like he would get people's bags out of the car, and they'd be like, "Oh, we went to Metropole first, and and it was the wrong hotel." And he'd be like, "Oh, you silly bitch!" Like, <laughs> like, like this. But the funniest thing was, um, oh, that that rapper dude that goes, "Oh shit!" Then that that was his name. No idea. Gypsies, don't bag it up and then let me see your hips. Swing. Oh fuck! What's his name? We're so old now. Ah, uh, Savage. Okay. Yeah, Savage. Anyway, so they were here for R&B Fridays. <laughs> oh, no. He was here for R&B Fridays and um, they had finished and he was wearing like just Nike tracksuit back to the airport <laughs> and John's pushing his trolley out and he goes, is that what you're wearing to the airport? <laughs> oh. He goes, looks fucking shit. <laughs> and Savage turns around and goes, Here's like 200 bucks. He he loved it. He's just like, that fucking guy just gave me 200 bucks. I told him it looked like shit. I was like, yeah, you told Savage that he looks like shit. I think his name was Savage. Uh, I got no idea. We'd have, to, we'd have to do a bit of research on that one, I reckon. Uh, there's a lot of funny but stories. That, from that, this, this one, this, this, this song, this thing. Maybe not this one. Nah, I don't reckon it's that one. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. DJ Chodders on the mic. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that shit. Anyway, yeah. So that was probably one of my funniest things. Good old John. And the, and the time I got a written warning for opening a door for someone who stole a bag. What? <laughs> oh, no, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was only fresh. I was only new. 2013. Yeah. Someone came down from upstairs, grabbed the bag from the side of the bell desk, and I just went, oh, have a nice night. <laughs> and I got a written warning for it. Yeah, but you're doing the right thing. How are you, yeah, meant, to, how are you meant to know? Same as the way I got a written warning when I was at Woolworths for getting bleach in my eye. I'm the one that's fucking suffering, but, you know, <laughs> you're giving me a fucking written warning. Prick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you've let it go now. Uh, (laughs) I was 14. (laughs) 16 years later and I'm still raging. Uh, Zach. Yep. This is a big one. Okay. 
Who's your, who's your minger of the week? Happy birthday, Leanne. Robert, get your fucking breath away. You're minging. <laughs> That's such a good clip. I only saw the actual, like, video of it today because I never knew what it was from, but yeah. it's good. Um, well, my minger of the week is not from this week specifically. I've got a really funny story from a couple months ago that I was like, I knew I was going to come on this pod at some point. I wanted to tell. So I thought I'd use it for this. So the minger of the week really is just people who drive on highways like absolute dickheads. Um, like the guy in this story. So I was driving. I was in Bundy for Easter this year. Visiting my niece. Well, visiting my family. But I got to meet my niece for the first time. Yeah, we both got new nieces this yeah. year. It's pretty cool. Very exciting. Um, so doing the drive from Bundy to Brisbane. It's like a four, four and a half hour drive. Um, and it was Easter Monday that I'd left. So I tried to leave early because I knew that traffic would be crazy. Um, I left at like 7am, but traffic was still crazy. Lots of like old people with camper vans and those sorts of things. Grey so, nomads. Yeah, grey nomads. So Blue. I was, you know, in a sort of a pile of traffic. It's a hundred kilometer hour zone, but people were driving like around 90 because they're in camper vans and stuff, which is understandable. And then, you know, periodically, like every 10Ks, you have like an overtaking lane for like 1K or something, right? So I was behind this guy and he was behind a couple of camper vans. And so overtaking lane comes, he like pulls out to like overtake and I pull out behind him. But then he's not overtaking them. He's just driving the same 90Ks in a 100 kilometer zone <laughs> and not overtaking these camper vans. And I was just like, what? So I just gave a little beep, right? Like I'm not a... I'm not a road rage type person. And it was just like a little like, hey man, come on, let's like, let's get past these guys so we can just do the speed limit. Mm. And then he got real aggro and was just like looking back at me or whatever and like waving his hand out the window, like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh man, like I'm just saying, let's, let's fucking go and get ahead of these camper vans. Mm. He winds down his window and like puts his head out the window to look back at me and like, just like yell profanities at me. His sunnies come <laughs> off his head. Oh, beautiful. Fall onto the road. Yes. And like under my car. And then he's even more angry because he's just lost his sunnies. Oh. And I just start laughing. And so he sees me in his rearview mirror just laughing. And he's just so mad. And I end up getting um, past him at some point, maybe like a you know 10 minutes down the road. And as I, as I drive past him, I'm in the overtaking lane this time. He like looks at me and he's just like winds down his window. He's swearing at me, giving the finger and everything. And I just like grab my sonnies from the, the center console. <laughs> yes. and just, just put them on and just like give him a good nod and just go past him. It was a great experience. But I don't know what this guy was thinking because let's just get past his camper vans. But he just lost his nut and then lost his sonnies. And yeah, his only rage in, got the better of him that day. Only in Queensland, though. Yeah. <laughs> only Backwards in Hicks. Cane toad territory. <laughs> Cane toad liquors. Yeah. Was, well, maybe that's what he had that morning for maybe. breakfast. I mean, if so anything, angry. you were looking out for him because he was going to get cleaned up. He's in the firing line if he doesn't move. Exactly. Oh. That's it. That's what I was so confused about. I was like, I haven't done nothing wrong. It was just a little beep to be like, come on, let's go. Let's get past these camper vans. And he just lost his nut. I just love the shades at the end. Mm. <laughs> throwing, them, throwing them on. Yeah. Just being Literally. cheeky. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be that annoying on the road, then I am gonna be a, you know yeah a bit of tit for tat yeah yeah. So we are a mental health podcast. Yes. So we you you have messaged me this week saying that you're 
open to have a chat about it. Yeah, I'm an open book. So, typical Hutchings, we're pretty anxious people. Yeah, I never knew that as a to be a thing. Like, so when, when we were younger, we you and I never really spoke about mental health. No, um, I think, and and I would also I don't know about you with your with your parents, but like I don't remember having a lot of like specifically. Like, my parents are very supportive people, but yeah, same. I don't remember mental health being something really spoken about when we were younger. Maybe no. a sign of the times, but yeah. Ooh, Harry Styles. Great song. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I mean, you opened up to me when um, when you started at Crown. Yeah. And uh, it's something I didn't really know about you, but I think then that helped me open up myself and, like... Uh, probably a year or so later is like when I started to notice my my battle and I was just like, well, if Zach can talk to me about it, then I can talk to other people about it. So that's what – so do you want to give us a sort of background of what, what was sort of going on or – Yeah. Um, I had never thought of myself as an anxious person. Like, yeah. Particularly through school, like I was, you know, pretty chill for the most part. Um, swag. Yeah, pretty swag, never any issues. Um <laughs> And yeah, I think as I started to, it, it was more around my mid twenties was when I started to like become a bit anxious here and there. Yeah. Things that, um, like, you know, like when you have a shit day and you just feel a bit off or whatever. Yeah. Those days started to become like that feeling started to become a bit more intense Yeah. in my mid twenties. I don't know if there's a part of it for me that was like, Oh, like I I graduated uni and started working career and was like, oh, this is kind of my life now. Like I'm working full time and, you know, mm. doing whatever it is and hadn't really thought too much about where I was going with life or what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, just through like certain situations, like, you know, going through breakups or like um, situations with friends or, you know, anything in life that, you know, is something you don't want to happen, but, you know, the facts of life, they do happen from time to time, hardships and stuff. Mm. Those things started to become, like, things that would really, like, make me anxious. And Mm. um, my resilience for that feeling, because I'd never really understood it, was very low at the time. Yeah. And then when I moved to Melbourne, it was a really big change for me. I remember I didn't want my my original... I moved down for a job. I was working in a job in Brisbane, and that... Um, business wanted to move its head office to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And it was a situation where it was like, well, like you don't obviously have to come, but like if you want to keep the job that you currently have, like where you kind of have to be in Melbourne where Mm -hmm. everyone else is. And I was like, that's fair. So I, so I moved because I thought it would be silly not to keep going down that path career wise. Mm. Um, But in every other aspect of my life, you know, I was leaving, um, well, my band that I had just started, like they were all Brizzy boys. I was leaving them, leaving all my school friends that I still had that were had moved to Brisbane as well. Yep. Um, my football club, like soccer, um, like everything. I was just like leaving everything basically, all my friend groups and mm. stuff and moving to Melbourne just for a job. Um, and it was a really big change and I think I really struggled with that and that was when ang- my anxiety became like really bad and I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand what I was getting anxious about even. Mm. Um, and, you know, a few different things had happened and I I, I basically like had a full mental breakdown. Mm. I felt like I couldn't 
focus at work. Um, and then even when I wasn't at work, I was getting really anxious about, I was like not getting much sleep. I was like having mm. like insomnia episodes and stuff. And so, you know, because I wasn't sleeping, the anxiety the next day was worse and all those sorts of things were, it was like, it was just snowballing. And I basically had a full mental breakdown, um, left the job that I was in and, um, yeah, like went to see a professional to, to figure out what the fuck was going on. Really. Um, and I ended up like a few months after that, like after going to see a psychologist and then a psychiatrist, um, I got diagnosed with OCD, which was something that I'd only ever heard about in like TV shows and movies and stuff. And the way it's represented in that is very different to how it was being represented in my life. Um, but then that was a a whole like two year journey of like going to therapy and figuring out Mm. the mental patterns that were actually going on in my head that were causing me to, to, you know, that, that brought the OCD on, I guess. And yeah, it's been something that was a real struggle at the time. Like, uh, it's yeah. And is it still sort of like that now or, um, I would say it's something that still happens quite often Mm. but my like resilience for just the general feeling of anxiety and also my understanding and knowledge of of the like the patterns that ocd takes in my head is is so much healthier now and i manage very well these days was was that due to seeing the professionals to get those sort of answers yeah 100 percent yeah um and i think this is something that like i i really question um, how many people might actually be struggling with OCD versus a generalized anxiety disorder because mm. the two are not that far apart. The only thing that changes um, between having a generalized anxiety disorder or obsessive compulsive is that your anxiety and the, the level of anxiety you feel, you feel compelled to do something like a compulsion to alleviate that anxiety and then that becomes this toxic cycle. Um and I would not be surprised if there are a lot of people that have, have been diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder that have like almost like mental compulsions that they don't understand they're doing that like perpetuate the cycle for themselves. Mm. Um, and I think it's something that hasn't been spoken enough about. Mm. Um, what were those triggers for you? What, what did they narrow down? What were the compulsive parts that you were doing? So... For me, a big compulsion of mine was Googling things. So you hear about, so there's a lot of different themes with OCD, but once again, I would say with anything you can get anxious about, like you can get anxious about absolutely anything. A common one is in the OCD community, a common thing that's spoken about is health anxiety. And so this is probably the one that's been most represented in TV shows and movies is like, Um, a person who gets really anxious about getting sick or getting germs off something or whatever. So the compulsions they might have is um, every time they go to the bathroom, they have to like sanitize the toilet seat three times and then like double check it, triple check it. It's like this real anxious cycle they get into. Um, And then the way OCD works is that you do these compulsions because you think they're going to alleviate the anxiety, but they don't because nothing can alleviate the uncertainty. There's always a risk of anything anywhere in life. It's like when we cross the street, there's always a risk that we get hit by a car, right? Um, so doing like a compulsion is something that 
you know, perpetuates that ang- anxious state. Um, and for me, it was things like um, if I was worried about something in particular, I would try and like, it's like Googling symptoms for things, um, for health anxiety was one. I had one of the first things I really struggled with ang- anxiety-wise was like relationship anxiety. Um, so I'd find myself having like thoughts around like, oh, do I love my partner? Do I not love, like, how do I know if I'm in love with someone? Blah, blah, all this sort of stuff, right? It was really like this really scary time in my life. And so I'd find myself like even at work, I don't know if Kale knew about this, but at Crown, like I would take a quick toilet break because I'd be so anxious and I'd have to Google like just stuff like that. Like, oh, how do you know if, you know, I had this like thought about maybe I'm not in love with my partner anymore and I had to try and figure that out because it made me so anxious. I knew. Yeah. Yeah, I just just knew. Yeah, stuff like that. And then like I've had a lot of different, my anxiety has taken a lot of different themes and shapes over time, but um, that's sort of the gist of it. And it was really debilitating for a Mm. while Mm. until I sought help. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you're on the mend. is Is there anything that you do for yourself now in regards to that? So, yeah, I think, once again, I think the biggest thing for me was what I was saying before was the the move to Melbourne was such a big change. So, so many things in my life were different. I was not socialising as much because I'd left all my friend groups. Um, I wasn't as active because I'd left my football club and wasn't playing football anymore. I'd just gone through a knee surgery at the time as well. So, I wasn't playing football at that time in my life. Um, I'd stopped skating at that time in my life as well, which is a very social and exercise thing. So I was kind of just not doing the things that I would normally do that do sort of refuel me um, and then found myself just like spiraling. So the things that I do now are just like the stuff that I would have been doing in Brisbane um, before I'd moved, which was, yeah, I socialise quite a lot. I'm a a huge extrovert. So socialising a lot, getting out, going for a skate or going to the gym, um, moving my body, those sorts of things, making sure I'm eating well, getting enough sunlight when I can. In winter I take vitamin d so that my body has you know the right sort of stuff in it but yeah i think it's just making sure i'm doing the things that building good habits for myself basically Mm. yeah it's good yeah i'm glad i think one of the (laughs) when you say get sunlight i think one of the funniest things i've ever seen is uh, because you're from Queensland, you're so used to the like the, yeah. the sun, and you were fucking outside being a doorman, and you had your normal uniform, your doorman jacket, the jacket on top, <laughs> the fucking hat, <laughs> the, like like the two scarf. scarves, yeah. and it was like 15 degrees outside. <laughs> it wasn't even that cold, and he's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I still can't handle winter. That. Nah. I was this, just, this I just looked out. at you and I was like, this kid's fucked. <laughs> oh, I was just like, oh, yeah. The manager's like, and I was like, have a look at this kid over here. He's yeah. like, he can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm glad you could uh, tell us about that story because I think it will help us, help a lot of listeners just sort of reach out. And Yeah, I, I, I like to think that my friendship groups had a huge impact. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate enough that like I feel like most of my friendship groups, even from school and then throughout the other groups I've made since leaving high school, we've always been, you know, like there's that whole like toxic masculinity thing of like guys don't talk to each other about stuff. But I think I've always found myself in groups of mm. friends that feel comfortable to actually be emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so if there's any encouragement I could have, it's just that. Like 
even when I was not in a good place, the fact that I could even just like message Kale and I didn't have to divulge all the details, but just say, hey, I'm not doing great. Um, and then my other friends in Melbourne at the time, like it was just being able to just voice that and get that out of my head at least was yeah. something that is like invaluable. The the cliche saying is, you know, it lifts the weight off your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. I think you bottle it up so much that you just have to release it. Yeah. But you, but you want to do that before it gets to breaking point. Mm-hmm. We we had we had days where you'd message me and say, "Look, I'm not well. I don't. I think I should come to work." And I was like, "No, no, let's like go." And we we would just have that like ten twenty minute chat before we got stuck into stuff. Yes. So, and I think it didn't just help you; it helped me because I was still like, like it's just sort of starting to go through it as well. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's the most understated thing, actually, is. And I was so guilty of this at the time um, was like, no matter what you're going through, don't let anxiety change the way that you would live your life if you didn't Mm. have it. Mm. Because that's almost like a, like a problem in itself is you think, Oh, I'm really struggling mentally. So I need to take a step back from everything I would normally do to take care of myself, which obviously that is good. Like you need to think that give yourself some grace and, if you're not coping mentally, you probably do need more rest than when you are mm. doing well mentally. But don't take that as far as stopping living the the life you would normally have be living if you weren't struggling. Because I think it's so those days where I would just come in and go to work anyway were like the best. Because mm. I was like, oh, I am feeling really really shit, but I can still function and I can still go and like work and earn yeah. money and still live my life. And those were like. That was something at the time that I, you know, realized was I was extremely grateful for that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I think if you have a really good support network around you, even if it is just going to work for those suffering with those mental health illnesses, can be really, like you said, good Mm. because the the anxiety otherwise will just take hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving it more space by yeah. Yeah, and it can just become bigger and bigger over yeah. time. I really liked in the podcast with Reese last week when you guys were speaking about like the benefits of being physically active and then how that can help you mentally. Mm. Um, and the thought that I had when I listened to that part, it was, I was something that I wanted to share on this, was I'm a very creative person. Mm. Like my work is a creative industry and... Um, writing music has always uh, been a creative pursuit of mine. I also think it's really important for everyone to do some, have something in their life that is a creative outlet. Mm. And that doesn't have to be something arty. It doesn't have to be, you know, painting or writing music or poetry or whatever. Um, you'd be surprised at like the things that you enjoy doing that use your creativity um like there's creativity in like playing a team sport there's creativity but like i think if everyone is aware of the things they do that let their brain be creative um i think that's a that's something that's really important for mental health as well as like letting your brain because i think as as you're creative and i'm obviously not a neuroscience uh, neuroscientist but when you're being creative i think it's like opening neural pathways in your brain that aren't being used otherwise and i think that's also a really helpful way to process things um yeah i think being creative is another thing that 
whatever creative outlet you can think that you might have, um, make time for that because I think that's really healthy as well. That's good. That's good advice. Definitely. That's why we do uh, what we do here. Yeah. It's our outlet. This is our outlet. Right. And gives people like yourself, Zach, the voice to then reach others as well with your own experiences, Mm. what you're what you've gone through, what you're going through, and what you continue continue to go through. Yeah. So, yeah. You got anything to plug? Yeah, you got any uh, sweet plugs? We're getting up to our our time where it becomes boring. Not really. If any, if anyone's <laughs> if anyone's into a rollerblading, I released a, a rollerblading video like a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And I we we I watched it many times. Yeah, we've um, really we had Ooh. we had song of the week a few few weeks ago, which was yours. Yes, this is semester. Yeah, so that's pretty cool stuff. So yeah. I've got nothing to plug semester wise, but hopefully I will at yeah. the end of the year. So yeah, go and have a listen to their EP. That's been out for about five years. Yeah, it has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably four years this year. It was four years and no, it was five years in April. Yeah. So go and give them a give them a listen on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and yeah. yeah, I just like the way his voice changes so well when you speak to when you sing. As in, should we pull it up? <laughs> like, uh, what's your favorite song from the, your EP? My personal favorite is Philosophical Friends. Yeah, so that's that's a banger. That's my favorite. That goes too. hard in the D Max. Yeah, it's just so. This is Zach's band. Yeah. Get the Adderall out. <laughs> <laughs> and the Zimmer frames. And the Red Bulls. Under the pressure is where you belong. Oh, you're not going to do it live for us? Definitely not. <laughs> we'll go through the chorus first. Because we don't need to do titles on here. Because you're, you're here. <laughs> That's him singing too, so it's That's not the like great man. Funnily enough, that song is literally about having friends I can vent my shit to. <laughs> That's what the song's about, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's a good mental health plug. Vent to your friends. Yes. Vent to your friends. Yeah. Ask your mate for a feed. Ask Are you asking feed? your mates for feeds? Me and my mates go for feeds all the time. Mm. Beautiful. Shout yeah. out to Simon and Ben. Yes. Shout out to Simon and Ben. <laughs> Fellow Crown employees. Fellow Crown well, employees. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Ben's from Blackwood. Oh, that's the Ben from Blackwood. Ben from Blackwood. Ben from Blackwood. Very ben good. from Loxton. Yes, very good ultimate Frisbee player. Yeah. Oh, I loves watched, it. I watched his team on KO a couple of years ago. They they streamed the Nationals, the Australian National Ultimate Frisbee tournament on KO, and I got to actually watch it on TV, which is sick. The, the four of us, we had a Rocket League team in, 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 <laughs> in lockdown. In lockdown, so we, we couldn't do fucking shit. We couldn't go out like you guys could. So we were like, we had to just play Xbox all day, yeah, all night. And we had, what were we called? The Nugs Clan, the, the Chicken Nugs, Nugs Clan. The Nugs oh, yeah. Clan. And then there was something else that was called something else. Something, Father Kebabs? 
our team was called Father Kebabs. Yeah. And our clan name was called Nugs Clan. Yeah. Father Kebabs, why was oh. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, what's your uh what's your song of the week? Um the song of the week for me is um from one of my favorite bands of all time, Modern Baseball. Um they're from Philadelphia and uh yeah, they have, have broken up now. So I've never got to see them live and it's one of my greatest disappointments in life. But this song is called Old Gospel Choir. It's one of my faves. Nice. We'll play that now. And, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you all next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Zach. You're very welcome. And um, see you next time you come here. <laughs> Get you back on again. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Ask guys. your mate for a feed. Have a good week. Attack, but in the sense that you're not smart, just a prick in my finger on my toe, ripping sails all the way to my chest, all the way to my chest. But every trouble in your voice still echoes in my ears. Good night of sleep per year. There's a tombstone in the brush with my name on the front, but I had no guts to get here. Lies, he ran out of luck. On the back of it, sharp as a tack, but in the sense that I'm not smart, just a prick. In the fingers and the toes of all of those who show interest in me, and from where I'm standing. me